But let's go ahead and look at Judges chapter 2 and verse number 6. It says, When Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land, and the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord. That's important, that he, had did, that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old, and they buried him in the border of his inheritance in timnath in the Mount of Ephraim, and on the north side of the hill Gash, and also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord. That's important too. Nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. We're going to find out. Those go together. If you don't know the Lord, you're surely not going to know His works. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, and of the gods of the people that were round about them, bowed themselves. This is horrible stuff. They bowed themselves to idols. They provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord. And they served Baal and Ashtaroth. I mean, gods that required them to give their firstborn children and sacrifices. I mean, who in the world would want to go serve those gods? We have such a good God that gave you an amazing land, the promised land. And He drove out the enemy before you. Why wouldn't you want to serve Him? But they forsook Him. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And He delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Now I want to give a message here tonight and I've entitled it, What a Mighty God We Serve. What a Mighty God We Serve. And I want to encourage you to seek after Him tonight. If you would pray that the Holy Spirit would work and open your heart to the message tonight and uh, pray with me as we uh, hear in the next uh, uh, just few, few seconds. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for what you've given to us. Lord, I thank you for Lord, those who invested in me. I thank you for those who love me. Lord, I'm thankful so much, Lord, that you sent your son to die for me. And Lord, I could not do anything if it were not for him. I could not do anything if it were not for your spirit, which is within me, Lord, allowing me to live this day-to-day battle of Christianity, Lord, to become better and more what you would have me to be. Lord, I pray that you would work in the hearts of those here this evening. Lord, Holy Spirit, do what I cannot do. And Lord, give them the truth. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I, I've got all these theories, and if you know me, I've got a lot of opinions, and I've got all these ideas about why things are the way they are. And, and I had thought a lot about why did the children of Israel leave? They quit serving God after Joshua. And I had this idea, maybe it was the difference of leadership style between Moses and Joshua. They're very different, by the way. I mean, Moses, he's the kind of guy that there's only one side to be on. And that better be the one you're standing. I mean, he draws a line in the sand and he said, who's on the Lord's side? And then if you weren't on the Lord's side, he just said, kill him. I mean, now that's some tough leadership. If you don't get on the Lord's, that's the only side there is. Now then you have Joshua, and he's over here, and he says, now listen. He said, uh, I, I don't know. He said, whether you serve the gods on the other side of the flood, or whether you serve uh, our God, you know, if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord. I can imagine Moses standing over there saying, what did you just say? If it seems evil to serve the Lord, Joshua, I have taught you better than that. Why in the world, if it seems evil? It's not evil to serve the Lord. You understand that? That's how Moses would be. And Joshua says, choose you this day. And Moses would have been, you know, whom you will serve. Moses would have said, choose the Lord. Get on this side. That's the only choice there is. You understand? There's a difference in leadership. And I used to think, well, maybe that's what what caused the children of Israel to, to quit following God after Joshua because his leadership style was different. And then I would even start comparing people. Oh, see, that's why they're going off and, and they're going liberal and all this stuff because the leadership style. But we just have to be biblical here tonight. 
not philosophical. What's the Bible say? It gives us a simple answer. It said, All that generation were gathered unto their fathers. In verse 10, there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which He had done for Israel. They'd never seen God do what God can do because they never knew Him. I'd ask you the question tonight, do you know God? If you never know God and you never see the works that He can do in your life, I dare say that you might leave off and serve Baal and Ashtaroth too. There's not going to be anything that holds you to your walk with the Lord. Listen, the reason the children of Israel went away from God was not the difference in leadership style. It was that they did not see God's mighty works. Moses saw God's mighty works. I mean, man, he saw the Red Sea part. Man, God, uh, Moses was on the mountain of, uh, and, and God uh, spoke out of a cloud. I mean, thunder and lightning. I mean, Moses came off the mountain. He had been with God to the point where his face shone like a light. They had to put a veil over it because people were terrified to see. And, and I mean, the things that Moses saw manna on the ground and water from a rock and God would give miraculous victories to the enemy. Moses held his hands up and God defeated an army that came attacking Israel. Joshua was here the whole time. All those elders were there and they saw all these things too. They saw what God could do. Which one of you wouldn't want to walk through the Red Sea? Wouldn't you? I mean, I would. Who wouldn't want to walk out and see manna that just miraculously appeared? I mean, you'd think that if you saw these things, that, that you would believe there is a God. Exactly. That's what they saw. And they believed there was a God. And they believed that God could give water from a rock because He did it. They believed God could give a manna because He did it. And listen, you will too believe that God can do for you what God has promised that He will do for you. If you will get to know Him, you'll see His mighty works. I want to see His mighty works. I want to see what I would read. The reason, one of the reasons I surrendered to preach is I would read biographies of preachers and these great revivalists and they would go set up tents and, and thousands would come and people would get saved. They would talk about men who would go throw away all their liquor. They would talk about alcohol, bars that would shut down because so many people got saved. And I thought, man, I would love to see that. I would love to see that kind of work that God can do. You know, I find, though, that Joshua did not seek out the methods that Moses used. Joshua was very different. Joshua was a warrior. I mean, he was the general. And I find that Joshua did not seek after just the works that Moses saw. Joshua figured it out. He sought after God. You see, Joshua didn't sit down with Moses and say, Moses, how'd you do it at the Red Sea? How exactly did you hold your arms? And how exactly did you hold that staff up? And hey, Moses, uh, how, how exactly what did you say? Your exact words uh, that, that, that you said when the manna came, the water came from a rock when you hit the rock. How'd you swing again? He didn't do that. There's a time where Moses was in the tabernacle communing with God. And the Bible says Moses left and Joshua stayed. And Joshua went in and he talked to God. Now, I could try to be Jeff Fugit, but I can't. I can't preach like him. I, I couldn't. I, I, his leadership, there's so many things I admire about him. I could try, but I can't. But there is one thing I can do. And I can get to know the God that Jeff Fugit knows. All these works. I'm not seeking after the works of Clay's Bell. 
I'm not seeking after uh, all the things that God has done here. I loved it. I grew up here. I, I mean, it was amazing for me to see. But I'm not necessarily seeking that for my church. You know what I am seeking? I'm seeking God. I don't know what God's going to do in my church, but I know He's going to do something because a mighty God has mighty works. You know, the key is do not seek mighty works. You seek God. You know, young person, you're going to run around seeking a mighty marriage. You're going to go out to every marriage conference. You're going to have a stack of marriage books, and you're going to be figuring out, I'm going to have a mighty marriage. I'm going to have a marriage that pleases God. You will never have a marriage that pleases God unless you find out Unless you get to know God, you're seeking a mighty marriage. I say seek a mighty God. You want a mighty ministry someday. Well, I say seek a mighty God. You want a mighty church someday. Then seek a mighty God. You want a mighty, you want to be a mighty leader someday. Well, then you seek a mighty God. You want a mighty family that everybody admires. Then you seek a mighty God. You want a mighty, a mighty friend. You're looking around for friends. Then you seek God and you will find friends that will stick with you for a lifetime. You want a mighty job with a mighty paycheck and mighty success. And you want all these mighty mighty things and mighty works and you read that God had blessed people even financially and you think, wow, I'd like to see that. And you're looking around for all these mighty works. I say quit doing that and get to know a mighty God. Don't waste all your time looking around for what God could give you if you just ask Him. What God could give you if you would just seek Him. The song goes, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. Now you say, I'd like to do that. I'd like to seek after God. And that's what we're going to look at here tonight. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. Hebrews 11, verse number 6. How do we seek God then? How is this accomplished? Hebrews eleven six. 6. the verse say, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. The first thing we've got to look at is you've got to please God. Now the question that fundamentalists dare to ask that other people don't like to answer is how do you please Him? Other people just say, please God, you figure it out. No, I want to know if there is a way to please God, how can I do that? Now the way you can figure out a lot of that stuff is by finding the people that pattern, the pattern for you, that set a pattern for you in how to please God. You know, it's interesting, we quote this verse a lot, but we fail to quote the verses right before it. Let's go to verse number one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That means what I hope for is real to me. It's substance. I hope for heaven, and it is so real for me that it, it, that, that it changes the way I live. Listen, the evidence of things not seen. I've not seen hell, but it is evidence enough. The Word of God is evidence enough. It's enough of a reality for me to change my life. I go out and I tell people about hell. I go out and I try to warn people about that there is a real place called hell. Why? By faith in God's Word. You see, these things that I have not seen or that I hope for, they become real to me and they change the way I live. It says, by the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. That means anything can happen through faith. If the worlds can be framed, then man, what can be done in your life through faith? So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Everything we see here came from nothing. Didn't come from a big bang. Didn't come from monkeys. Didn't come from in the beginning dirt, in the beginning gas. It was in the beginning God. 
Everything came from nothing. Verse 5. Now here it is. By faith, Enoch, now it gives you examples, was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Then it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 5. And we're going to look at Enoch here. We're going to go two different places, okay? The Bible gives us some idea of who this man Enoch was. Now, if you don't know much about Enoch, let me tell you. Before the flood, we know of a man named Noah, right? We know of a man named Methuselah. Methuselah was Noah's grandfather. He was how long? What, what's famous about Methuselah? He lived 969 years, oldest, long, uh, longest recorded man in the Bible. We find that uh, Methuselah had a dad. His name was Enoch. Enoch was a man that walked with God and pleased him to the point that God just took him. I like the way I heard one preacher said it. He said uh, he was just walking with God and he got so far that God said, Hey, listen, we're closer to my home than we are to yours. Why don't you just come on with me? Enoch is our pattern. He's our example of what this faith is. How to please God. In verse 22, Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years. In all the days of Enoch, in verse 23, were 360 and 5 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. How did Enoch walk with God? He had no Bible. Hey, the Pharisees had most of the Bible memorized. He had no Bible. He had no church. He had no praise and worship band, that's for sure. There was no internet. There was no radio preachers. How did Enoch walk with God? How did Enoch please God? All right, we're going to go to one last place. You ready? Jude. All the way towards the end. Right before Revelation. If I asked most in here today, how do you walk with God? You'd, you'd say, read Bible, pray, that's all good. I'm talking about your heart. You can't just emptily, empty read the Bible and it, it means you're walking with God. The devil knows scripture. That means he had to have read it. I'm saying it's about your heart. Listen, Jude chapter 1, verse 14. It says, Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. You know what Enoch was? He was a preacher. Enoch was a soul winner. Enoch was trying to warn people. That's what Methuselah's name means. Upon his death, the end comes. Judgment comes. He was trying to warn people that when this boy dies, the flood is coming. All your sins will be judged. Turn to God now. I love Enoch's sermon. I mean, it's one of my favorite in the Bible. We'll get to it in verse 15. He said, uh, he said the Lord's coming to execute judgment in verse 15 upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. You get what kind of preacher Enoch is? I think his favorite word is ungodly, don't you? I mean, he's really giving it to them. He said, these are murmurers and complainers. You know what those are? It's a specific murmur and complaining. mean, they're not satisfied with what God has given them. He said, they're walking after their own lusts. I mean, Enoch's up here preaching against everything. He said, listen, he, he didn't have uh, all the TV back then, but if he did, he'd be preaching on every bad show there was. I know they don't like to get nitty-gritty on what your sins are. We're talking about pleasing God here. Enoch, please God. What was he? He was a sin-hating preacher. 
That's how you please God. He hated sin. I mean, he hated it. And he hated it so much, he didn't even like people that were wearing the garment that was spotted by it. That was, we'll see later on in Jude. He said, hey, hate even the garment spotted by the flesh. He said, hey, you smell like smoke. Hey, where you been? Hey, you shouldn't smoke. I mean, this is how he was. Everybody, he preached that judgment was coming. And let me tell you, young person, you cannot escape the penalty of sin. Now, the, pen, the ultimate penalty of sin is death in hell. You have to pay. There's a punishment when you sin against God. There's a punishment every time that you put your eyes on something that your eyes should not be on, young man. Every time you turn the computer on and you look at what you ought not to be looking at. And every time you pull up a YouTube video and every time you watch a trash movie and every time you watch something that goes against the Word of God in such a... It's, I mean, it's, it's incredible how much stuff is coming out nowadays. Disney, you can't even have an innocent kids movie without putting uh, homosexuality and pushing that agenda in all their movies. Young person, I'm telling you, that if you want to please God, then you got to stand up against ungodliness. you got to be willing to take a stand and say, yes, I believe that this word is true. I believe that this Bible is what I ought to live my life upon. God is right. Everyone else is wrong. Now, it's easy for you to do it in here. Enoch, there was nobody except his sons. One of them. And another grandson. And another great-grandson. They were the only ones. And Enoch said, kids, I don't care if the world's going crazy. We're not going to do it. Kids, I don't care if the world does say that's fun to do. We're not going to do it. Kids, I don't care if the world says that's right now. If a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy. I still haven't figured that one out. Kids, I don't care if the world says that's what it is. It's not that way. It's the way God said it. That pleases God. And not only that, but he wasn't ashamed to stand up and let everybody know it. Number one, please God. Number two, cometh to God. You see our verses there in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. Well, if I want God and I want to see His mighty works in my life, then I have to live in a way that pleases Him. i got to repent, turn from sin, and i got to go to God like He's the only one that can help me to live this life. He said in verse, uh, in verse 6, He said, He that cometh to God. Young person... Do you go to God when you have a question? Do you go to God when you have a need? Let me give you some examples. Amnon was a young man, David's son. Amnon had a, had a desire for his half-sister Tamar. He wanted to take advantage of her. He thought she was pretty. Amnon decided instead of going to God about it, he went to his friend. And he asked his friend Jonadab, actually it was his cousin. He said, listen to this problem that I have. I mean, I like my sister. I like her. I, I would like for her to be my wife. He said, what do I do about it? And Jonadab gave him a plan on how to take advantage of his sister against her own will. Now I'd say if he'd have gone to God about it, he would have got a lot different answer. Hey, young person, you have to start going to God. I'm not going to ask the world how to raise a family. If I want a mighty family, I'm going to go ask a mighty God. If I want to have a mighty marriage, I don't care what GQ magazine or whatever other magazine out there says. I don't care what some TV show says. I'm not going to learn from Real Housewives of wherever it is. I'm not going to learn about marriage from all that garbage. I'm going to go to God. 
He that cometh to God. Where are you going for your advice? Where are you going to see what's right and wrong? Oh, uh, Rehoboam said, listen, I don't know how to run this city. He went and got his friends. He said, what do you all think? They say, you tell them that if your dad whipped them with whips, you're going to whip them with scorpions. Oh, that's a way to get people to follow you. I don't know. I, that's, I tried that with my wife. It doesn't work. I'm going to whip her with whips. Wait till I get the scorpion, woman. No, I'm just playing. And she already had it, so <laughs> I just ran. Rehoboam talked to his friends, and they gave him bad advice. He split the kingdom. Why don't you go to God? You see, the prodigal son said, I'm going to have fun. Where did he go? To the far country. And he lived it up with riotous living, parties, riotous women. And he thought, I'm having a good old time. He should have gone to God finally when he lost everything and the world took every bit of joy that he had. And the world also, by the way, took his money. The world took his respect. The world took his dignity. He was out there eating pig slop with pigs. I mean, he finally got it together and said, I know where I'm going now. I'm going back to the Father. Hey, you want help? You want fun? Go to God. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. You don't want that? Sometimes people look at these preachers, we think we're always like Enoch. Ungodly, ungodly, ungodly. I'm telling you, there is joy, joy, joy unspeakable when you serve the Lord. I don't worry about my wife running around on me. Why? Because we love a mighty God and He gives us a mighty marriage. Listen, I, I, I'm not worried about all these things that the world worries about because God takes care of those things in my life. He brings joy. How about Saul? How about Saul? What did he do? There was, he was, he was uh, vexed by a devil. Saul said, I know what I'll do. I'll get music. He hired a young man, David, and he said, play for me. And that's how he would calm himself. Let me get real with you right now. I know that a way you calm yourself down many times is with music. And those music, uh, some of those lyrics, they speak to you. They sympathize with you. And you relate to them because they speak to your hurts. They might be able to relate to you, but they can't do what God can do when you take your hurts to Him. Actually, all you do when you go to them is you lose your money. You've got to pay for their stuff. Why don't you go to a mighty God with your hurt? You know, the best way to get rid of a devil is James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist Satan and he will flee. You know how to know you're being attacked by the devil when all your spiritual fruits are being attacked. Is your joy being attacked? Do you suffer with anxiety and worry and depression? You are under an attack from a principalities, the powers of darkness. You've got Satan who is attacking you. He wants to take you down. And you need to start putting on the armor of God. You need to start getting to know a mighty God. But if you come to God, you can't come to him in pride. You've got to come to him humble. Bible says God resisted the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. You can't come telling God how to handle it. You got to come saying, you know what humility is? God, you are right, and I am wrong. Not my will, but yours be done. You got to come to God. Number three, you have to believe that He is. I might be speaking to a young person in here who's doubting the existence of God. You know why? You haven't been coming to the Bible. You haven't been coming to church. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You haven't been doing those things. You've been going to YouTube. You've been watching every TED Talk that there is to get your advice on how to live. 
You're going to watch some person who fakes his life on YouTube. Most of those are not real. They're not real. That's not their real life. I saw one YouTube personality who said they quit YouTube because they found themselves being so fake and they were so depressed and they'd smile on the camera and then they'd want to kill themselves off the camera and they said, I had to get rid of that life. Listen, you don't know what really is going on in that person's life. And you're sitting here envying a lot of those people and taking their advice for living and they might be living the most weird, horrible life that there possibly could be. You know one sure thing? is God's not going to lead you that way. Don't you believe that God can give you a marriage that He promised you? Don't you believe that God can give you a family as He promised? Don't you believe? Then you must believe that He is. There is God. He is a creator. God can create something from nothing, and God can create a miracle in your life, and God can create happiness out of sorrow, and God can take a valley and stick a mountain right on top of it. I mean, God can do whatever He wants. He's the creator. I believe that He can do it. When I take my problems to God, I don't go to somebody who can't do anything, and I don't go to somebody who's weak. I go to an almighty creator. I believe that he is and I believe that he can handle my little problems I believe that he is the king of kings and I ought to serve him with my life I believe that he is the ruler I believe that he is sovereign he makes the choices of my life God determines the outcome of our actions I believe that God is a mighty God and I believe that God is loving you know how many times I've gone to God and I've thought how could you love me how I'll go do something dumb as a husband. Or do some other dumb thing. I, I always tease. I say, whenever God asks me if I want to do something new, I'm like, oh, great, one more thing to fail at. You know, sure, God. And so many times I've gone to him, and I've felt like he's wrapped his arms around me and told me he loved me. Young person, you're not going to get that kind of love from some girl or some boy who's just trying to have fun with you. You're not going to get that kind of love from some musician who would kick you out if you hopped the fence and said, I love you. They'd get security all over you and kick you out. They don't care about you. I want a God who loves me. And he does. Number four, believe he is a rewarder. I like this one. It does not say believe he is a giver of participation trophies. I have to earn the reward rewards are given for people who earn it you know I believe that God will never withhold the prize I believe if God said hey these are the fruits of the spirit love who wouldn't want love in here you go after everything you're looking for love I know you're trying to find with a boyfriend or a girlfriend they're not going to give it to you like God can give it to you that love comes from the Holy Spirit I mean you want a mighty love you want a mighty peace? You want a mighty goodness? You want all these mighty things and these mighty works in your life? Then you're only going to get it from the Holy Spirit of God. You're only going to get it from a mighty God. You've got to learn what it is to please Him. You've got to learn what it is to walk with Him. You've got to learn what it is to want Him and desire Him. You've got to learn what it is to seek God out in your life. You've got to believe that God will do it and God will come through because He is a rewarder. Uh, he doesn't hand it to you when you've done two things and your mom claps and tells you you're special. Oh, that's so great. I mean, my kids show me pictures sometimes. Sorry, they're in here. I, won't, I can't say it now. 
Also, all that's great. I don't mean it. <laughs> Work hard, son. Someday you'll get better. You have to be positive, right? But you know what I do see? I see that heart. You know, there's sometimes you do something, you feel like a failure, and God's not looking at your position. He's looking at your direction. And he says, if you're heading towards me, I'll help you out. I'll reward you. Everything God said he'll give you, he'll give it to you. Lastly, number five, diligently seek him. So verse six says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. I want mighty works in my life, so I have to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So many times, my preacher used to say it, and I, I say the same thing. People say, it's not working. I've been in church three weeks. Everything's still going wrong. And I remember he used to say, hey, you gave Budweiser 20 years. Why don't you give God the same? Let me tell you this and I'll stop. I hesitate always to tell personal stories because I don't want you to seek after my experience because it is not going to be yours. But I'll tell you what happened with me. When I was after my first year of college, I really felt far from God. I kind of drifted. And uh, I'd worked at Cedar River Baptist Camp before with Dave and Miss, uh, Brother Dave and Miss Shauna Smith and, uh, in Iowa. And I decided I was going to go back there. I was going to give up my whole summer. I could have worked, had the next year of college paid off. It would have been great. And, uh, but I decided I was going to go out there to camp, give God my summer. This was my heart. I'd heard preachers preach like I'm preaching here tonight, and I got tired of it. I said, I don't know him like they're talking about. I mean, I've been in church for a long time. I've heard a lot of preaching. I've, I've surrendered my life to preach, and I don't know him like they're talking about. I said, I'm going to seek God. I gave him my whole summer. I went out there. I worked at camp. And I mean, I really, I really tried. I sought him with all my heart. I did everything I was supposed to do, right? Nothing happening. Nothing happening. I mean, they made me get up and read my Bible in the morning. That was easy. They made us get up early, come in with a pot and a pan. Get out of bed, ladies. Get us push some guys out of bed. I mean, we got up and read our Bibles. That's for sure. But I, I kept doing it. Nothing happening. I would go out and I'd walk in a field on my own and I'd pray and I'd ask God. I said, I want to know you. I want to know you. I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you. It was a junior camp and Brother Kagan was preaching. Maybe I'll some of you know him. And it was not even for us old people, right? Our, us old teenagers. He was preaching the junior campers. And I remember... He looked back at the staff. He said, some of y'all staff need to come up here during an invitation. He said, you need to pray with these young kids down here. And I thought, okay. That's a good attitude to have, by the way, too. Okay. I'll come. That's how God wants you to do it. Submit. I mean, I've done all kinds of things I didn't want to do. I remember Brother Dave, Dave we took him to a church. He said, they don't normally have a song leader, but they will today, right? And he looked at me. I said, I guess so. <laughs> I was 15. I had to lead the singing in the church. It was awful. I'd never done it before. I picked every song. And he said it again. Why don't you come down here and pray with these kids? Okay. I came down. And I found a little junior camper, and I, I started praying with him, and I cannot explain it to you. I can only tell you it's like the Lord opened my eyes to the need that people had. Lord, open my eyes to the spiritual need that these young kids had. And the Lord, open my eyes to the spiritual need that people had. 
People were dying without Christ. There's a harvest that was ripe, and God let me see the harvest. And I could not help but just to weep. I'm not a very emotional person. But I found Brother Dave Smith, and I just wrapped my arms around him, and I wept. From then on, I've just truly felt like I was able to know God directly. Now, don't go after looking for my experience. I always hesitate to tell stories like that. But let me tell you, I sought after God, and I found Him. There was no electric experience up my spine. Don't believe anything like that. I didn't start speaking in the tongues. I didn't start doing that. But I did get a fire in my heart. And I went back and started working on a bus route. I mean, I was on a bus route, but I worked, I worked it this time. I wasn't just on it. I worked it. I went knocking doors. I, I went looking for kids. I had a heart for them. Do you want to see God's mighty works? You want to see stuff like what happened here? I may not see what happened here, but I'll see some mighty works. I've seen men and women that have come and their hearts have changed in my church. Something that I never could have done. I mean, I gave them every bit of advice. I told them this, that, and the other, and, they, and nothing, none of it worked. And then I would just push the Bible finally, almost out of desperation, and say, well, just read this. And God would change their life. And God would slowly start to change them. You know, I'm not tired of it yet. I'm going to keep on seeking Him. That was going to do everything He can to get you to quit. And let me just say, keep on seeking. Diligently seek Him. I mean, you work hard at it. You work hard at it. You, you, wanna, uh, you work hard at a lot of things in your life. You want to get a better basketball player? You work hard in practice. Well, let me tell you, work hard in church. and Work hard on your walk with God. And keep on doing it. Don't let anything stop you. And don't let anything discourage you. Just diligently seek God. And I'm telling you, He is a rewarder, a mighty God. Man, He can give you some mighty works. And I'm not finished with what God's doing in my life. I want to see a whole lot more. How about you? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for what you've offered to us. But Lord, we have to understand we've got to reach out. We've got to take it. Salvation was freely offered, but Lord, we've got to, we've got to accept it. We've got to repent, turn from our sins. We've got to turn to you. And Lord, some young people in here, they desire some mighty things in their life. Well, that only comes from a mighty God. The world can give them something that's kind of like a counterfeit, but it doesn't quite fulfill like the real deal. Lord, I pray that some young people would determine that they're going to have a walk with you. I pray that they would determine to please you. I pray that they would determine to stand as a Christian. Lord, in that verse in Jude, he was a soul winner. Lord, I pray that they would, they would do what pleases you. And Lord, they just diligently seek you. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.